Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insight and professional and business development. Travel Market Life, join us by webcast, video or podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 13. Well, this is Travel Market Life and I'm your host, Ryan Haynes. And we've been going around the travel market to find out what's uh, been happening and how businesses are approaching the current problem and reopening um, post uh, COVID-19. It's a very difficult situation. We don't know how things are going to open and uh, time timelines keep changing. Uh, but one thing that we have to be certain is that we all need to keep connected and to be sharing our ideas and how our approach to uh, opening up the market again for consumers to travel. This obviously also affected businesses and business travel. So how can we all work together to make sure that we can bring the travel market back and strong um, as it was pre the pandemic? There's been a lot of issue around payments. It's a big payments fiasco at the moment. Um, Looking at the refunds and the fact that uh, airlines have millions upon millions of refunds to do for consumers, as now we're expecting consumers to start to book for their 2021 holiday plans. How is this going to have a big impact on cash flow and make sure that consumer payments are safe? This has been a big issue, particularly around um, how companies have managed um, the the, the flow of money, um, particularly not necessarily putting some of the consumer uh, payments into protection schemes, how suppliers are being paid. And this was addressed yesterday um, in Hospitality Tomorrow, um, where they talked about the fact that small um, travel suppliers are have gone unpaid. This then risks a real core part of the travel supply chain not being able to continue um, throughout uh, 2020 and 2021. AC Group, Rob Russell, also talked about the importance of small independent businesses as part of a tour operator's uh, wholesale offering. Today, we're being joined by Sophia Mellis from Fly Now, Pay Later. And we're going to look at uh, the opportunities for travel businesses right now in being able to support consumers, as well as the changing issues around uh, terms and conditions and how we can make sure that consumers' payments are protected. Hi there, Sophia. How are you doing? Hi, Ryan. Doing well. How are you doing? Yes, all very good for me. Thank you very much. Uh, We've had quite a few discussions. We first met as part of the ITB uh, digital uh, show that we did in Berlin as that was cancelled. And uh, there's been quite a fallout, I guess, for you guys um, on the back of this, especially around refunds and being able to work with your travel providers. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, refunds is one of the trickiest things right now, I think, in travel dealing with this crisis. Um, And we as a company have a lot of exposure to this as we serve as sort of an intermediary between the end customer and then the travel provider. Um, So I I do want to first caveat this by saying I don't think anyone is in the wrong here. Um, This is obviously like completely uncharted territory for everyone. And everyone's kind of just learning as they go. Um, So I think the first, what we see is like the first big challenge comes um, from the expectation of the customer to sort of get a full refund for their cancellation or any cancellation due to COVID. And then the inability of the airline to provide this this refund due to pretty significant cash flow issues. Um, So so there's that big gap there that I think presents the the first wave of issues. And then these issues are further complicated Um, And more parties are implicated when the customer buys their flight from a third party travel provider. 
So, so they might have the policy to refund customers also if a flight is canceled, but then they're not receiving that refund from the airline. So then they can't provide that refund to their customers. So, so as a result, we are seeing, and you know, and this is people upset about it. I mean, it's like they're, they're going through policies and they're saying that they're not getting what, what they previously expected. And it's just, it's created a lot of chaos. Um, so, so as a result, we're seeing a lot of vouchers being offered right now. And as a solution to kind of quite literally keeping these companies afloat. And I think that, um, I think that at first people were upset about it, but I think, I think people are genuinely becoming more flexible and, and sort of happy being, and they're more, they're happier being offered these, these vouchers or these alternative, um, you know, yeah. Certainly, but it's not ideal, is it? I mean, this is a problem is that, um, yeah. as you say, th th this money, we don't know where it's being held. And we've seen particularly in the UK and the way that the property rental market has actually been able to handle deposits and being able right. to put them in a proper safety deposit scheme. And this is not something that hasn't happened in the travel industry. And we've had 10 years of growth and and and, and, and development since the recession um, in 2009. Yet maybe a lot of the lessons have not necessarily been completely learned and addressed within terms and conditions. Do we expect terms and conditions to be changing um, substantially over over the next few months? Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely. I think that there is this that that has been one of the biggest takeaways from all of this. So I think one of the one of the biggest changes that we'll see will be transparency in policies. Um, so as I mentioned before, there's a sort of big gap between what customers expect and what they're receiving from these airlines. And um, I think in efforts to sort of alleviate this tension and minimize the amount of disgruntled customers that they have, airlines are going to be spelling this all airlines and OTAs, I mean, travel providers, because, you know, travel providers are, are the ones, you know, OTAs are at fault a lot right now because they're not refunding their customers for these airlines. So a lot of people are implicated here. So I think as a result, they're going to be spelling all of their policies um, and, you know, terms of conditions out much more clearly. And again, obviously, no one really is to blame for, for what's happening right now. I mean, as volatile as the travel industry is and as much we, as we've seen it fluctuate before from, you know, other sort of political, social, natural disasters, no one anticipated a, you know, a crisis of this magnitude. So... So yeah, I think as a result, also policies in terms of conditions are going to be much more accommodating. Um, and we've already actually kind of seen the shift um, with Expedia, for example. Like I was just on their website yesterday and they, they on their checkout, they have um, a few little like new things to their payment page. Um, one of which specifies that they use a secure transmission of payment. And another one is like about, um, it's a warning that says, different airlines might charge certain fees for different cards. Um, so like they're kind of caveating things here as they go. And then also they have, which I think we'll see much more across the board, especially right now and in the bounce back and recovery from this. Um, and that's that there will be no change fees on any flights. So... Uh and that would be a remarkable change. I mean, all, all yeah, these things. An amazing change. <laughs> um, and and I mean, with that, I mean, it's it's still about how those payments are then held, isn't it? And and what yeah. they do then with those payments. And right. that, that's been a, a particularly sticky area, um, especially now. And th there's been a technology that has been talked about, um, blockchain. No one really understands it. No one right. really knows <laughs> how it could work. Um, but you know, I, I I I you know I I throw a 
left all over to you there. Sorry about that. Um, but you know, it, 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 it is sort of interesting about how we can approach this and, and actually uh, maybe identify the ways which technology can help solve this issue, even if we don't have that solution just yet. And, and the yeah. much needed, um, the, the, the impact, the necessity now to really look closely at how transactions are made and secured um, because as you say it's it's these travel providers it's it's maybe the, some of the smaller players that are at risk because they don't have those reserves or the capability yeah. to, to to raise those loans absolutely yeah absolutely um, and I mean, are we going to see a greater expectation from consumers as well for um, more flexibility in payments? Um, I mean, that, that's a risk really for the travel industry right now. As people are earning less, uh, we might see a lot less, uh, more, more people unemployed. Um, and therefore, they might they don't necessarily have the money available at that particular point. So, I mean, what, what are we seeing from consumer expectations yeah, so I mean, I think consumer. It's funny you ask that actually, because I was I was looking to buy the other day. I was looking to buy a Dyson hair wrap, which stick with me here. This is relevant, but I don't know if you're familiar with these, but it's an amazing but super overpriced hair tool. And I was looking, I was looking on the site, kind of like not ready to really pull the trigger yet. And the only payment option was truly with my a Visa or Mastercard. Like check the full price, which I'm not going to say right now. Check the full price on the card. And I was like, and I didn't do it. I was like, this seems crazy. There's no way that I'm going to be able to just pay all this up front right now. Um, and I, and I, I, I did kind of expect to see an installment, some sort of installment thing here, because we do see it all over the place now. And even with like smaller ticket items, like on ASOS or Zara, um, you see this installment payment option. So I, I think as a consumer, we are growing. We our expectations is to kind of see this is because we see it more and more now. Mm-hmm. So I think for bigger ticket purchases, like travel, where, um, you know, especially right now as people are going to become tighter and more cautious with their money, payment flexibility, payment flexibility is obviously going to be even more important. Um, Amadeus actually released a frictionless travel payments report recently. And um, in this report, one of the one of like what I found to be a key takeaway was that two and three consumers are more likely to buy from a travel provider if they allow them to pay in installments. And I mean, this seems, of course, obvious because if you're presented with a more flexible payment option, you'll be able to spend more money on your trip um, because your initial upfront cost is going to be significantly lower. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be important for a travel provider because you'll be able to, you know, increase basket values in a time where people are trying to spend less money and also, you know, kind of increase more dead traffic on your site as well. I mean, we've also moved as a society towards these subscription models now. Mm-hmm. And there's a talk about subscription models for airlines. Do you think that this is a practical approach? This is something we might see sooner rather than later, or is it just a quite innovative idea? It is tricky. I mean, it does it does make sense, and I think it does alleviate a lot of cash flow issues um, for airlines if, if you do turn into a subscription model. But I think that's going to be. I think that could be a hard sell, especially right now, because we you know we've just we're, we haven't even recovered from the shock yet. But we're like, okay, I just don't know how willing consumers are going to be to continuously pay for a service that has proven to be so kind of so so rocky right now, and um, not necessarily able to provide the services that they. They probably hope to provide to their customers. So I think I think a subscription subscription model could be great, but I think it is 
perhaps a little risky to to dive into right now. Yeah, I mean, it, there's certainly been a, a way in which you can buy now, pay later for many years. Um, and we're, we're sort of yeah. seeing that those loans and the grants being available now showing the fact that it is commonplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, with this, how can travel providers and businesses maybe bring this as part of their offering? Uh, what are the opportunities there for them to sign up? to this is, is it a complex approach they have to have a particular provider or insurances or something yeah so i mean as you just said like the pay late this pay later buy now pay later concept is is nothing new um and i mean before it was called credit or alone and you know and it's and it's been pretty widespread i mean i'm from the states and it's you know everyone has credit cards there everyone takes out loans there so again, yeah, this concept, this concept of buying now and paying later is nothing new. And it's even in travel, it's nothing new. Like I, so I work a lot in the German market with my company, which is surprisingly old school when it comes to both travel and payments. Like, like genuinely in some places in Germany, you can't even pay with your card, which just shocks me. But, you know, but even with, even with these more kind of traditional models of travel and payment, you see a lot of travel agencies there working with different banks who offer travel specific loans. So I think that, um, you know, I think that these options are available for everyone. And I think it's, it's a great thing to jump on. I think when we think of now this, this sort of pay later scheme, we, we also kind of conceptualize this ease and accessibility and availability at checkout that we, you know, that we're seeing across all industries. You know, as I mentioned earlier in e-commerce, it's it's huge. And you have mm. brands like Klarna or Afterpay, which offer really great flexible payment schemes and then also good checkout experiences. So, I mean, I think, yeah, I think dependent on if you are a high street retail travel agency or if you're a huge OTA, I think it's really important to offer these schemes um, because, you know, for the reasons I mentioned before, but also because it is something that, you know, that people are going to be able to expect right now. And especially, again, when people are going to be tighter with their money. Um, and I mean, in travel, in an industry as competitive with travel, you know, where everyone is trying to get the cheapest prices out and, you know, people can surf for five hours and find a price that is, you know, 50 pounds cheaper than, than, than it is somewhere else. And I think if you can't always compete with price, you can compete with service. And, and I think one way to do that is in offering flexible and more accommodating payment options. So, so fly now, play later. Um, who do you tend to work with? Who are your main uh, customers and partners? So, so we genuinely we work with the whole spectrum of travel businesses. Now we work with airlines, we work with OTAs, we work with high street travel agencies. I mean, it's just it's really great. It's really interesting to see now too with ones who are still because like people are still buying trips. People mm-hmm. out there are still buying tickets um, for trips later in the year, later next year. And, um, and some of our top performers are, you know, a high street, this one retail travel agency doesn't, doesn't have a bookable website. And then other, you know, I mean, then like lastmonth.com is of course one of our bigger partners. So you, you know, we see them some consistent performance from them too. So it's just, yeah, we, we, we do work with the whole spectrum. Excellent. And if, and, and if people wanted to work with you, what do you need to do? Um, so, I mean, you can go up to your website and you know, sign up there, or you can contact, um, I think we're all pretty active on LinkedIn right now. Um, I know I certainly am. <laughs> so yeah, re- I would recommend reaching out to one of us, uh, yeah, through there, through our website and, um, and, you know, we happily provide a consultation and kind of see if this is, 
we have we have a few different products that we offer. So we can kind of walk you through that and see, you know, see which one is right for your business. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it depends on what you're offering, how you're offering it, what type exactly. of consumers exactly. you're working with. Um, yeah. And, you know, as you, as you mentioned, we are starting to see the return to bookings. I think Hayes have unfurloughed uh, 3,000 of their staff of late. So it's just great to see that people are starting to get behind their desks in some way, shape or form and, and, and start to help uh, customers, consumers who we all know we're, we're all desperate as, as and when we feel safe and confident to be able to do so, to get away from our own homes and even our own little locations. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it really is a time. And, and one of the things that has been noticed as well is that people are looking at taking longer trips. Um, I think the, the booking length, uh, the, the number of duration is nearly doubled in some circumstances. And mm -hmm. so this is a bigger ticket, right? Ticket item. Exactly. I mean, absolutely. I think that, I mean, prior to COVID, travel was more widespread than it ever has been before. And, you know, and I think, I think this is all, everything is going to be obviously magnified post COVID as again, people are more cautious and tighter with their money. And like people are traveling people. I mean, I think it'll still happen. People want to travel. It's something that they've gotten used to. Um, and I mean, statistics show that like, People who are traveling are now traveling more than one time per year. And a quarter of those people are taking more than five trips per year. Like people are traveling. We're traveling a ton. And um, yeah, I, mean, I think that comes from an increase of accessibility and affordability. And so again, in this landscape where everything is so competitive with pricing and where people are going to be even more, it's going to be under a big magnifying glass now your pricing, accessibility, transparency of terms and conditions. I think that again, it's going to be about this extra service. Like what's this, what's this way that you can kind of get another leg up on your, on your competitors and offer your customers a, you know, an accommodating service for the times. And talking about that, aren't you launching something new? We are launching something new. Um, so actually we, we, we've had our launch in the UK. Um, it came out a bit during March, bit of a tumultuous time. Um, but we we do have a B2C. So we work with, traditionally, Find On Pay Later works with travel brands and we integrate into their website at checkout. But now we have a B2C app called Fly Anywhere where the consumer can get on the app um, and choose from any travel provider where they want to book their trip. So um, yeah, it's a super exciting into the app store. It's available for iPhones and Androids now. Um, yeah. And so our, yeah, the options are, I mean, for the consumer are genuinely endless and we use our same virtual card technology, um, that yeah, allows the customer to book, book their trip anywhere. Oh, that's, that's excellent. As you say, at least, uh, mm -hmm. all those options for install payments are all in one place for them rather exactly. than them having to hunt them out. Uh, so exactly. that's really good news. Um, yeah. And, um, as we come to the end, um, tell me, uh, where is your going to be your first destination for travel? Oh man, this is, oh my God, I've spent literally so much time researching this. Um, but I do think, I do think I'll try to go to Greece. And the reason for that, well, I'm part Greek and have family there and stuff. But aside from that, I do think it will be one of the first countries to open up um, after all of this. They've already talked about, they've like randomly, because Greece isn't always the best with handling, you know, certain uh, mm -hmm. crisis situations, but they've done a really good job at controlling this. So, um, I think Greece. Also, just the thought of sun and sand is, is incredibly appealing to me right now. So and it is a beautiful place, and there's so many different places you can visit. All those islands, oh, I know, gorgeous. Yeah, 
I fondly remember a trip to Corfu when I was 10. I'll never forget that. And just, yeah. just the food over there is extraordinary. Um, you definitely don't yeah. get it over here, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame you for looking at Greece. Well, Sophia, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Ryan. This is fun. This is Wonderful. Great. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Take care for now. Well, guys, um, check out all the other episodes on travelmarket.life, uh, where you can then access them through YouTube or through the podcast directories, including uh, Apple, Android, Deezer and Spotify. We'll be back with more episodes. And uh, we're going to be also looking at how Bournemouth is going to try to open up its resort here in the south coast of the UK and be a guinea pig test to the policies and procedures for best practice in hospitality. So I'll have a bit more of that hopefully next week. So do keep tuned. We look forward to speaking to you. I'm Ryan Haynes. Take care for now. All the best.